0: Good morning, and welcome to 42 Minutes. My name is Douglas Bowles, and today William Morgan and I are talking to Mark LeClaire, the Wrong Way Wizard, about his piece in the Book 2. It's called Moon in the Middle. Is it called Moon in the Middle or The Moon in the Middle?
1: Moon in the Middle.
0: Moon in the Middle, and um, the... The thing that I, I'm wondering right off the bat is, did the editor put the moon in the middle literally? Uh,
1: okay, well, I'll, I'll give you the straight answer. Um, it was almost, it was kind of a proviso. I, I asked Alan if you would try to put that article in the middle of the book, yes. Because it was long, because it was all, it was all text, which I imagined would not too many of the articles would be. And because uh, it would then form a kind of a little place where you where you flip through the middle of the book and there you'd have moon in the middle there. So I ask.
2: Hello? Of course. Oh. <laughs> well, we can edit. Okay,
0: so uh let's get him back. Um Are you still there, Will? Yep. Okay. So tell us about your day. Hello, this is Mark and Karen. Please leave us a message. After you leave a message, you can modify <laughs> it by pressing sound. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is 42 Minutes calling Mark LeClaire, the Wrong Way Wizard, and, sadly, all right, we might have to start, although this is this is great, right? We'll try one more
2: time. So, <laughs> Hang up on me. They <laughs> recorded all of that.
0: Yeah, well, it's, you know, this is real life.
2: <laughs> no, I mean his answer machine.
0: <laughs> Who do you think is calling me? Uh... <laughs> Guys? Guys, what happened? Uh, I don't think he has my number, but, uh, shoot, I if I was like an adept at this conversations, add people. Uh, If I was good at at this kind of stuff. There we go. There we go. Hello, guys. Sorry. Are you there? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) sir. Oh, what happened there? I don't know. Okay, well,
1: I hope that I, I hope it doesn't happen again. I hope do you want me do you want me to try to call you to to or
0: that no. I guess that doesn't work. Does no, it? no,
2: this should this should be okay. If it does happen again, we just won't we won't get frustrated.
0: Um Okay, all right. <laughs> Universe conspiring against you. Uh,
1: that, it, I that I concerned that might happen. Okay. <laughs> <It> might happen. <laughs>
0: uh, so, then um was it an intentional choice specifically not to use images for this piece?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Um, because I recognized that as I was reading that that you could like that this would be something you could communicate with an image, but like you were specifically choosing not to do so
1: um yeah, I'd say that, yeah,
0: okay uh, uh what,
1: well the, the reason that I chose not to to use a message or to, to use images rather is because uh I really wanted to do something different with this I, it, it, I'll give you the evolution of, uh, of, and you know what? Just in case we do get cut off again, let's, let's have a little bit of crosstalk, just some hums and haws so that I know you guys are listening.
0: All
1: right. <laughs> okay, are you still there?
0: You're her no, her, no, don't you worry. Everything
2: can go fine good. from here on out. Okay, we, okay. we hum all right. and haw all the damn time. So. Well, you, okay, your writing, great, great. the
0: thing I love about your writing is there's a level of playfulness always, and there's a humor to it.
2: Well, I appreciate that. Thank
1: you. Yeah,
0: and so that adds that same level of humor to your like Tim
2: Farquhar.
1: Yeah. Yes, Tim Farquhar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So, uh, the reason that I uh, you, to ask your earlier question is because I didn't really want to write this piece, um, and I came in very, very late uh, in the, near the uh, middle of October before I actually submitted it to uh, to Alan uh, because. I just didn't want to do it. I mean, I sort of felt like I had everything to, to say that I wanted to say except stuff that often is either kind of negative about the idea of synchromysticism, which I've gotten in trouble with, and that was what I was originally going to do for Alan, was, was a kind of a hit piece, because he wanted uh, <laughs>
2: That's
3: awesome. well, you know,
1: he wanted to have people who were taking an opposite voice. This is, right. As an editor, he takes himself quite seriously in this regard. And uh, he wanted to get as many different styles of voices in there as he could. And, and so I, I pitched, I said, well, okay, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to do a history. I'm going to figure out why there is such a thing as synchronicity. I think mm-hmm. I know why that is, and I, I don't really see it as a good thing, necessarily. Right. And then uh, I'm going to explain that all the way through history and make my point. And I told him I wanted to do an all-text article at that time, too, uh, because I wanted to do something at least that was different than what I did at the Wrong Way Wizard, basically something that I wouldn't normally put up there at the Wizard. Okay. And you don't and, uh, think this
2: is a Wizard piece then?
1: No, I really don't actually. I think it's a Mark LeClaire piece. And uh, it's because I had to com- compress a lot. That's part of the reason why I use a lot of the kind of joke and uh, humoristic conventions in, in the pieces because I wanted to be able to convey ideas very quickly. Honestly, I'm thinking about writing a book about this subject right now to So that I can provide real detail to prove my case that the moon is indeed in the middle of, of reality and of, of the of all, of the whole cosmos, which is the the whole idea behind the article in the sync book piece but i that would that would be a, at least a sixty or seventy thousand word article uh because i 've got the data on it basically but uh I had to compress this into what uh, and Alan had asked for three thousand words mm-hmm. right yeah so you know, I submitted the article to him, and I said, "Here are here are three here's my three thousand word article, but I used some words more than one one time." <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't particularly amused by the idea, but that he, he read the article and he liked it, and, and that's how it ended up in the book. Basically, he really had to cajole me to get this out of me. Uh, I did not, I, I missed several deadlines uh, doing it because I just didn't it didn't feel right. And then finally, I said, "Okay, you know what? Forget my whole idea. I'm just I, I'm going to write about this theory that I have." That right. the moon is in the middle of the universe, and that's how it
2: happens. So that's and You think the about. moon is the ultimate goal, as far as that's concerned? Because I see that a lot. I see that the goal as a goal. The, a the, goal, the ultimate well, goal is to get to the moon. It's not to get to. Well, like, as like If we haven't even been there yet, do you know what I mean? If you. Well, I don't think we
1: have, and
2: so that's have, kind of funny because we because I believe we're inside it, right?
0: So, oh, so you believe that we're, we're right.
2: inside of the moon.
0: This is yes, conceived yes. in your piece that that. I had a little bit of difficulty with because on on a rational level it's hard to maintain that position you know Mm, it's not for me but as I'm reading it so like I've got a fairly squishy mind and it's like okay so on the one hand we're inside the moon right as you maintain but then on another hand we're also looking at it
1: well yes I mean how I would explain that is, is what is that what we are seeing basically is strictly a holographic matrix and the moon that we see in the sky is representative of of our collective knowledge that we know we're inside the moon basically Uh, and that we're watching a rainbow uh, light show that is a combination of of color and sound basically and that, that makes up for the entire basis of the cosmos. It's not to say that the moon isn't real when we look up at it in the sky. But what it really represents is the collective conscious of all humanity's inherent knowledge that we're actually inside the moon, and that the moon is a fixed point. And let me continue with that that idea of a fixed point, because this concept of the moon being in the middle, for me...
2: Whoa, whoa, and,
1: uh, whoa, whoa. No, go ahead. you got some thoughts there.
2: I, I don't know what you just did to my thoughts. I had to stop. <laughs> okay, so... But so his piece tells his story. No, but I see the moon as like a collective... And then tells the story. And so the
0: story is he creates himself to do repair to the damage she has done. Damage he wanted her to do, damage he helped her to do, the damage of desire. And so what do you call this? Is this Jason Perreault's monomyth and this is alchemy and...
1: Yes, this is definitely a monomyth, there's no question about that. And monomyth and monoliths go very nicely together. And uh, the idea comes out of... of
2: the moon is the I monomyth. Mean, there's
1: actually an exercise. There's a, there's a meditative exercise you can do that I am almost 100% sure. And like the thing, you know, I, I am completely sure. I don't even really like to say I believe this stuff because I feel like I know it. And that is a complicated uh, issue, obviously. And, and it, it can get pretty thorny. It would require a lengthy, you know, kind of almost uh, heuristic discussion to get to the idea of what the difference between belief and knowledge is, basically, if there is any difference at all. But um, uh, this idea comes from, is is derived. Well, again, this is kind of a funny story, and I think your listeners would would like to hear it because it, it sort of involves the community. May I continue?
0: Do you please do.
1: Okay, well, what happened was, as a writer, as a as a as a as I think writer, if if or conspiracy theorist, whatever you want to call me, and I think both of those are very strongly true when you're talking about me. Although the definition of conspiracy I give is that we are all breathing together, and as long as we're breathing, we're in on a conspiracy. There's there's a conspiracy going on that that uh, we're all in on in some way, and that comes right out of Borges, the uh, the Spanish writer Jorge Luis Borges, and other writers like Umberto Eco have also touched on these ideas as well. And this is something that I feel very deeply inside, that there is an actual conspiracy. I mean, it's a conspiracy in the form of a, you know, a, a concept where we're all in and on a secret. We all have a part of a secret, but we're, we're consciously avoiding getting together and putting that secret all together into one piece because the secret is so profound and so terrible that we will probably dissolve in the act of doing so. And I think this idea is also created throughout art. Are you with me?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, okay. and I, I, so, I agree. So, to a certain extent. So,
1: Yeah. So when I write at the Wrong Way Wizard, I, what I'm doing, what I literally do with every piece I write is I'm writing to someone. I pick a person or an idea who, and it has to be somebody that I know almost or that I've spoken to online that I want yeah. to convince of something, basically. And so with this article, Moon in the Middle, the person who I wanted to convince, and this is, this is a nice irony, where's Jason Barrara?
3: Uh-huh.
1: And, and, and Jason was there at my first uh, 42 minutes interview as well. Uh, sitting with you guys. Yeah, yeah. So um, Jason's knowledge simply stunned me. I mean, and his ability to, and, you know, this is just a fact. I'm not, I'm not trying to overplay this or praise Jason. I don't know the man as a person. But uh, his work just astounded me. And the, the level of skill that he uses to carry his ideas and what he could juggle seemed to me to be beyond anybody else that I'd ever read out there before because of how cogent it was. You know, you got your Goro Adachi or your Jake Kotsi, and those guys are... Uh, They they have their ideas about things, but then on the other hand, you have somebody like Jason who can carry all these ideas together, but all he seems to talk about is the ideas. He never really orients it in a certain direction. So it was just so, I felt like I was dealing with a real wizard when I talked to Jason. And I talked to him at least one more time on on an Always Record as well, and he was just so caustic and so on top of everything and so... He seemed almost arrogant to me, and I I admired that immensely. (laughs) I admired it immensely. So I wanted to get, I wanted to write something, and it was also true that I was doing this for Alan because Alan really pushed me into writing this article, which I didn't want to write, (laughs) basically. Um, And my reasons for that are personal. I spent a good over an hour on the phone talking to Alan about why I didn't want to do this, and it all has to do with just the way I feel that I communicate with people is a little bit sketchy. I tend to piss people off and other stuff. And I'm trying to move away from that sort of thing in my life and maybe give up writing altogether. I don't know. I've said it many times. But anyway, so back on point, I wanted to get a Jason Barrera. And Barrera knows the Gnostic myths. So what I did was I just started thinking about the Gnostic myth and what I knew about it, basically. And this uh, this article literally exploded. Um, Because I I, I believed that the moon was in the middle when I sat down to write this article. Mm -hmm. I believed it. And uh, so what I did was, since it was Jason that I had to convince, I had to do it in the sense of the Gnostic myth. I had to prove that the moon was in the middle in the sense of the Gnostic myth, basically. And that's what I did. So to get to that Gnostic myth, basically what you have is you have a unified reality. And I put this in terms of both light and sound. Okay? Are you, you guys still with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so first in terms of light, we know that unified colors altogether form white light, right? Yeah, and if we were totally blinded by white light we would be inherently blind, we would not see anything and then it's the same thing with sound all sound blended together at at, at the exact same um, uh, level of magnitude and it doesn't matter how high or low the magnitude is if all the sounds are blended together at the same level of magnitude all possible sounds create what is called white noise, right? You can't really hear anything, nice. and yet you are your ears are filled with sound. That's the white
2: noise and white light. Okay.
1: Right. So, so you have, and so what happens is the, this combination of white noise and white light is called the perfect one, or it is the one. Sense it is the mono miss,
3: the singular, and it's not a myth in my
1: yeah. yeah. Okay. It's a or singular, the guno- yes. The moon on myth yes, or what I would call the moon of truth in, in my opinion, but, but anyway, moon of truth that's a little Irish, uh, you know, I'll have your gold too, you know, <laughs> basically, but, uh, but, you know, uh, so you have your, your moon, and what happens is, is, inside this are quintessential elements that, that wish to reflect upon I- its self-reflection, itself, its consciousness, this singularity is conscious somehow, so it's aware of itself. And what it has to do is then it, mu- it 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 it's yearning to see itself become so great that it must split in two, it must pull away from itself. And this creates the male and female super uh, conscious idea, the, the the super perfect idea of the male and female, which isn't exactly sexual, because it doesn't exist prior to the pulling apart, but it does in the mind. Okay. The mind is, is the divided thing, it's the conscious thing, right? So it separates and it, it begins to pull away. And the first thing that happens is, for an instant, the male half of this, which could be aptly called Osiris, basically seeing Isis for the first time, he sees the moon, the real moon, for the only time that anyone ever sees it, and this becomes imprinted on the human consciousness as it's broken down over time. Okay, but and then immediately after that, it, it lasts only a split second. It's like the, it's it's a flash bulb that goes off. He sees this beautiful white light this flashbulb for the first time, he sees the singularity as it is for the first time, but then it instantly begins to decay, and it becomes the color red, basically.
0: Right, and, that and so is, the whole of material history rides at light speed redshift like a shell shock surfer of the apocalypse now?
1: That's right, because it's an apocalypse, uh, and, and the singularity knows this. It knows that when it separates itself,
0: what will it, it will create an eternally repetitive apocalypse. Basically. And, but it's funny, because the motivation... Behind that, you still call love.
1: Yes, of course it's love. Yes, this is why you know, and this is dangerous territory, and I know it, guys. And I don't admire the the dark side, the dark underbelly of the world, and the way in which it's becoming popular to do. Like when I think of Lady are we Gaga approaching? And, you know,
2: are we approaching the bend of the valis loop? Then, I mean, are absolutely, we absolutely? That's right.
1: You got it. We're on the bend. We are on the bend right now. <laughs> We're turning around in space.
0: Loathsome as it may be, it is an important job be- being the center of the universe Wait, wait, wait.
1: Yes. Yes. Well, w- w- what we're referring to here now is Christ, right? Right,
0: but this is the there was another Christ, thing um, It's just so you definitely give due to the darkness that's necessary to make it all go
1: Yes, it, but this is the thing it's an agreed-upon component, right? Because to plunge into knowledge and this goes right back to the Garden of Eden, right? When God, who we know God to be—which um, we don't—I believe I have identified the God. Uh, the, the, the first principle of the sacred is the feminine, as it pulls away from the from the stationary masculine, because it's the first thing that's ever seen. Uh, um, this, the female is actually looking at at herself, her reflection, as she falls into chaos. And so this is a this is then mirrored throughout into several allegories, right? And the the allegory of the Garden of Eden says that. You know, uh, eating of the tree of knowledge is what brings death. And this is all understood. They know when they do this, when they divide, that they're going to first destroy themselves, and then they're going to create a world. And, and I believe this is the world in which we live.
0: Mm-hmm. The act must produce so, plenty of blood and torment, enough to yes to ensure right. the vitality of the dark creation, which is the that's, n- nurture. Yeah, that,
1: that's, that's life itself. That is the turning <laughs> The churning wheel that, that is referred to by Kubrick in, in, in *The Shining*, you know, when when he slips cannibalism into this story for some strange reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, I've, I've written about, I've, I've identified, I believe correctly, the references to cannibalism in *In The Shining*. It, it, ha- it has to do with this exact same principle, because of, of what when the Sophia finally falls into chaos, she she gives birth immediately to the universe, and that universe is the universe of time in which we live. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the, the avatar of that universe is Saturn. And Saturn is Satan. He's sometimes called Sam, right? Mm-hmm. Sam-I-L, like Uncle Sam.
0: So For, you do th- a beautiful job in this piece of making your case, you know, stating this clearly. I'm wondering, do you have any thoughts about... I guess the only word is like purpose. Then, so what is what is the postmodern there is no, there, the post-modern yeah, there is Monday no hero to do? Like, is there? Well,
1: he doesn't have any choice. This is this is the, the whole the idea of choice becomes very very important in this. You know, uh, I, I, are you guys uh, Woody Allen fans at all? Do you ever catch a Woody Allen movie?
3: Sure, I have. Well,
1: in, in the film in the film deconstructing Harry, the character Harry uh, says, um, "Life is how we choose to distort reality." basically. So uh, in that sense, the, the idea of, um, okay, what was your original point here? The, I, I, it sort of slipped my mind. As I, purpose, as I well, is. As well. purpose, so,
2: purpose, purpose.
1: Is yeah, there a purpose? So you yes,
0: have, you've, you've laid it out, you've said, okay, here's the construction of the universe, and the way yes. it all goes it is a, a, a function. Part of this is the blood, the torment, and the suffering.
2: I know. know, I I think that that's what you're trying to get at, Doug, is the fact that, I mean, you're basically saying that, okay, we're immortal because it all just starts over as soon as it ends. However, it's going to be really fucking painful.
0: So there's like the Buddhist
2: Buddhist impulse is
0: is to say, uh, to end suffering, we must you know embrace suffering that all life suffers. so the
1: buddhist the buddhist principle is not that we embrace suffering buddhist enlightenment okay for everybody for anybody out there who wants to know and this i'm exactly correct on this i can be held to it is the absence and of I, hope that's right it's when you give up all hope of anything except for nothingness itself totally, okay, de- totally
2: detached from the outcome and totally right. accepting of the fact that life is pain so he, and there's no right, way around so
1: it. I'm not the only person out there that knows this. No, this
2: is, I understand that. Right. If you've yeah, ever you, had you, a you bad see, trip, you've you, you got to get to that point. You've got to get to well, the no, point but, where there's, but the there's, there's no way is, to fight through
1: it. You can't. You cannot reach that point. This is my point. Uh, nothing is impossible, okay? Do you see what I mean?
2: No, that's what I'm saying. You'll reach that understanding through a bad trip that there's no way, there's no reason there's no to out. hope. Yes, that, yes, hoping yes, is we, just as yeah, oh, okay. as fear, hoping... Okay, so let's just start...
1: But okay, well, no, I have to
0: continue yes, because,
1: I'm sorry, because um, Buddhist enlightenment is the, is, the, is the recognition that everything is suffering, but what Buddhist practice promises is the end of everything, and they, that's not going to happen, right? That's why Buddhism is a false teaching. Essentially, and I, I don't mean to sound religious here, because I got nothing against the Buddhist person out there, nothing at all. It's just as, as a philosophy, it is a weak philosophy. And this
2: Add a, a Buddha, it, Buddhism? Because, Buddhism is a weak philosophy?: Yes,
1: Because if because, and I'm, okay, let me, let me explain why. because logically, because all this, although this may be difficult to understand, but you have to use the process of infinite regression. Logically, the fact that anything is existing at all, even right now proves that we are living in an indestructible construct. Everything is here. It's already here and it's solid. It's not going anywhere. Because if it could, it would do so instantaneously. We wouldn't even be talking right now. There would be no memory of this. There would be no record of this. Because nothingness would stretch instantaneously, faster than the speed of light, in all directions at once.
2: So is Sync a product of the fact that we've been through the loop numerous times?
1: Yes, yes, Yeah. that's exactly right. So and it's that going means,
2: to change, so it changes.
1: Oh, of course it changes, but it changes like a kaleidoscope, which means that there are a certain number of elements. There are a limited number of changes that it can go through. It's just that the magnitude of those changes is so enormous, uh, even with a small number of elements, that it can seem to be an eternally evolving machine, when in fact it is not. It is a cyclical loop. Okay, so... Um, the evolution is simply so complex, it is so stunning, but it is built on a very small number of principles. That number of principles is 22. It's the number of letters in the Hebrew alphabet. It's the number of letters when placed over, over the ordinal seven. You get pi, all sorts of stuff. So you have this number 22. There are 22 different magnitudes of reality, and the actual combination of them is billions upon billions upon billions upon billions. You don't have to have very many elements to have a practically what appears to be an infinite array of possibilities, but it is not infinite. That's the point. It's actually all mapped out on the interior of a toroid. It's like mapped out on the surface that represents the inside of a donut shell. So imagine you had a donut, but it was just a shell. Do you follow me?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, well, inside of that shell is a spiral that runs around. And it's like a tape that runs around the inside of a spiral going all the way around. And then it's crisscrossed. It yeah, it is a Tesla coil, uh, a Rodon, is, uh, is uh, Mark Rodon is a Rodan. current scientist who's working on it. Yes, this is reality. This is how things really are. And we are tape that runs along the inside of this. We're actually information on moving tape
2: right. that
1: runs along the inside well, of this I don't know, coil.
2: boy, you're starting to sound an awful like a dickhead. No, I mean, he, he has to.
0: So that's, uh, uh, that's interesting. Why would you say that?
2: No, a K-dickhead. Oh! <laughs> oh. <laughs> see, I see you guys are careful. Well, yeah, in
1: that case, I am de- I am a dickhead, literally. Yes. Yeah.
2: No, so, you, uh, no, because that's... A, did a, you listen, have you, uh, we, we... I have
1: had a fully-fledged Gnostic experience. That's all it takes to make you a dickhead. Is
2: this the same one that, that you, you had it. earlier, the one that we talked about on the last show, where... It is the same one. Be, okay, be, There's so,
1: only one, there's only one Gnostic experience. You'll, you'll never have it again. Because <laughs> but you because said once somebody you has, did that to you. Once you yourself. have it, you're having it every day.
2: You said somebody did that to you. You said somebody tried to kill you. That's right.
1: Gnosticism is not something... You do not come by knowledge of your own volition. Oh. Right? When the student is ready, right. when the student is, yeah when the, actually it's not when the student is ready, it's when the pupil is ready, the Master appears. And that Master is, is, is Saturday, the, the, the first physical principle of reality, the birth of the universe. You see it in your mind's eye and in no way could I claim that I understood it when I first saw it. It drove me into research and some would say that I have come to a state of confirmation bias. But I know that that it isn't true, because like a foolish kid who was just joking around with a teacher, I actually sketched it out. And I didn't even remember doing that, really, until decades later. After I had my Gnostic experience, I realized I had already seen this dozens of times before. I just didn't recognize it for what it was.
2: So 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 what is your purpose now? I mean, why haven't you killed Um, yourself?
1: I have no no actual purpose. And this is is the... um, this, this takes us back to Crowley, basically, who unfortunately is correct. Unfortunately, he is correct. Um, uh, love is a law, love under will. And when you understand what love really is, which I do, and I can tell you that if we have time, Please. Um, what, can what you happens is love that...
0: Like I, I'm sorry, go ahead. It, define it in as black... Okay, and I'll define it
1: very quickly. Love is a parasite. It attaches itself to you. Once you love something, if you really love something, you love it forever. You will never not be able to not love it. It will continue to resurrect you, and you no, will continue to resurrect it. once the universe
0: is put in motion, it can never...
1: It, can, it cannot be undone.
2: It cannot well, that's be That's why un- they Isis call and it the host, In the Eucharist is the host, is because you love Christ, you are his parasite? That's he right. Are, I mean,
0: we're feeding on him, literally.
1: Yes, that's exactly correct. That's why Soil and Green is indeed people interesting man and <laughs> so I do love to throw in obscure movie No, nope, that
0: is fine because it comes up in cloud atlas recently which is yeah. something interesting but um, <laughs> you said you were writing this piece you know in your mind to Jason Brer it's funny because Elizabeth G- Gilbert uh, yes. said the exact same thing about her process that when she writes something uh-huh. You know, and so she's eat, play, pray, love, which is almost the exact side of the coin from you. So where a lot of the... Yes, it's the it's dishonest
1: and business-oriented
0: side. There's this n- notion that um, you're...
1: She must, she must be thinking of Oprah.
0: Am I right? <laughs> she's got some writer friends. Uh, <laughs> the, the question is, so a lot of times... The the light side of the coin, say, or within the Sync realm, they're saying that we uh, that there's you know the apocalypse. the the goal say is to reunite the two principles, right? To you know from the duality, the split in the garden, that we can return to the garden and be whole again. And it seems that is exactly correct. Jason has a desire for that, or he speaks in ways of intimating that that is also a goal?
1: Yes, it is a goal. It's, but it's a form of a magnetism, that's all it is. It drives us in one direction along the tape before we flip over. And it's inevit- it is an inevitability. We will return to the garden, basically. But we will instantaneously fall from that point again because of our desire to see ourselves again, to know ourselves again, to have consciousness as soon as consciousness is extinguished, with no passage of time, it immediately re-sparks, re-alights itself.
0: So this is like...
1: Not, and the reason for that is very simple. It's because the dense nothingness that is the whole of the donut, basically, is so powerful that it repels everything that tries to enter it, even perfect goodness. Because perfect goodness is a principle. Do you understand? It cannot be nothing. Yeah. And nothingness is the true state of oneness that Jason Barrera believes is the goal, as he, he, and he's constantly talking about killing the Buddha as well, right. because, uh, because, because Jason is an inherent Buddhist, essentially, and, uh, and, and that's natural, because I think he is a young man who is seeing the world with a dazzling uh, knowledge that very, very few possess. Uh, the kind of genius that I think he possesses is, is very, very strong, basically. He is a real shiner, we might say. And uh,
0: so what the,
1: happens is, is that you see how horrible it is, and you want to fix it. The
0: most of his age, yes.
1: Yeah. Well, how old is he? Uh,
2: mid-20s, I think. Kid. Mid? a kid. Is
0: in his 40s?
2: Mid no, he's 20s, not in his 40s. Mid-20s.
0: He, somewhere in the... Oh, well, there you go. I knew he
1: was a young man. I knew he was a young man. He had to be. Because, because he is a young person. There's, there's a reason why they, they, they originally did not teach this stuff until you turned 40. Right, right. That's the original Kabbalistic teachings were not available, but the the internet was the natural process by which that exploded, and the Kabbalah was released to everyone essentially. Right. But but prior to that time, uh, you you weren't allowed to enter school to to study Kabbalah Kabbalah until you'd already been studying, uh, you know, uh, the the uh, the the Talmud, the teachings of the Talmud, and of the uh, there's there's a couple of other books that they teach, and you'd had you would have had to be entered into it two Kabbalah teachings no earlier than 40, basically, because this is the way it is. It's not going anywhere. We are, it, the, and Francis Ford Coppola, as a person, understands this. By, by calling his film Apocalypse Now, he's telling you exactly what it is. Every day is, is the apocalypse. We are living, and we have continued to live, as just as Dick would have said, at a moment in time. He would have put it around the period of the Book of Acts in the Bible, basically. Mm. Which was a uh, a period about the time that Solomon's temple was destroyed. And we continue to live in a loop, uh that leads up to well, the Well he said that was the on temple the other of end
2: of the loop. The 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 Roman era was on the other side of the loop and he well, saw through the, he <laughs> saw through the film. Yes. He saw yeah, he that's saw exactly through right. to the We're other side of the I mean,
0: sometimes yeah, sometimes really like when you back. listen
2: to a tape deck and you can barely hear the other side on the tape deck. Oh, beautiful. That, you got it. That's what's happening.
1: And this is what happens when the loop starts to overplay itself,
2: basically. Because Make there it has to thin. be a
1: connection between one end of the tape and the other. And
2: that's See, what, that's what that sounds like optimism to me. That sounds like optimism. That means that sooner or later there's going to be a... Brain. No, no, no. Sooner, is sooner, sooner or later there's going to be a Neo thrown in the whole monkey wrench thing. Sooner or later there's... Well, that, going
1: to be... that's what they're telling you,
2: yeah. Well, I mean, it, well, Dick was optimistic. You don't sound optimistic. This is a quote from Dick. The time well, bomb of, of awakening is already ticking away. We shall wake up, are doing so now.
1: And that is, uh, is Phil K. Dick,
2: yes. That, that's Dick. That's a, I mean, just, but you're not as optimistic? Well, the, the honest reason for that, okay, I mean, oh, geez. If I don't sound
1: optimistic, that's a good point, all right? Um, <laughs>
0: we cling to and, hope. No, that. it's a very
1: good point, and it is a challenge, but I don't think that that's what comes across when you read my article. What, what comes across is you uh, is a person who has given up the concept of optimism for realism, not for pessimism, basically. There is great beauty in the world, but there is also great suffering. And these two things play with each other in an equal balance that does not ever disappear, essentially. So as from the perspective of an optimist, actually, let me tell you a very quick story, because I know we're nearly running out of time here. But um, there's, a, there's an online Internet test. It's quite uh, complicated. And uh, you, it basically tests you. It's a long test you have to take. It, it tests your, your political leanings. And when you get your response, it's like a bullseye. If you're a centrist, you're right in the center. And if you're anything else, you're either, you know, you're out to the right or the left or you're libertarian or you're fascist, basically. Well, I took this test. It takes about probably 40 minutes to do. And I came out dead center. And I realized something, I understood something that uh, I'd never understood before, and that was this. That, uh, because people have always considered me to be uh, a very uh, conservative person, except that... Except the conservative people consider me to be wildly liberal, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and I realize that when you're in the center, this is what happens. People on the left think your way right, and people on the right think your way left. I'm not really a pessimist. I I I do have hope. I have hope. But that hope, I believe, is the glue of the universe. It's not a prize. It's not a prize that you get for, a, you know, for good works. It's just what holds things together and that realization is gives an incredible perspective
0: basically.
2: That's Crowley. You know, uh, That's,
0: a child imagines a life where they don't have to have a job, like they yes. don't have to work but as yes. you as you like face reality as you grow older and this is a little bit I think like the ego death moment that um, you you know it's this realization that you're going to have to have a crappy job that there isn't this <laughs> <laughs> it's not Candyland. you're going to have to work and that's part and yet, of yet
1: at the same and yet at the same time the the concepts that sell our world are youth and vitality and freedom and the belief that you can do anything you want to do nobody goes out to the store and ever buys anything that sells something other than that
0: Wow, well, well, you all the just said great art this it, is Ralph, Ralph, startling. The great whoa, 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 whoa,
2: whoa. <laughs> You look wreck it, Ralph, man. He realizes he's in a computer system. He realizes he's in a loop, and he wants to go visit Candyland. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So he wrecks it.
0: <laughs> the things that that give us hope are these moments of beauty constructed in hellscapes. You know where, like, you have. That's
1: exactly. That's very much what I'm saying. Yes. It is the belief that somehow. Because you see, this is, this, I guess I have to call, I won't quibble about what belief means. But the fact that something exists at all is the one and only miracle. The fact that anything exists at all is a miracle,
3: basically. Right.
1: And when, when you see that, you, you are focused on a central principle. And because when I say that, that statement, the belief that anything exists at all is a miracle, I'm actually speaking what I, can, what I know to be truth because I've literally been through the wringer as much as any person can be. Uh, you know, there's lots of different kinds of pain out there. But, uh, you know, and uh, maybe it's inevitable. Maybe that everyone will experience that pain at some point along the line. I don't see why it have to be I that I got
2: way. to that in the corner of a Bennigan's while on mushrooms one evening. But, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's you see, this is the whole point. I remember reading a, a very brilliant art- article on the use of, uh, uh, what is it, S- F- Ethnogens, is, is that what they call them, the, the types yeah. of drugs that could cr- produce a, a psychedelic experience. And this guy was a serious scholar. And he says that anthropologically, if you study the reasons that the shamans use this stuff, it's so they, can, they realize that reality is an inescapable fact. And it breaks down reality into what, what is, appears to be artificial, but is not. And there's a, there's a Taoist expression that you will understand if you've had a true breakdown. And this is that expression. Looking at a rose, some will say, this is not real. That's it. It is real. It's real, but it shouldn't be real. It shouldn't be here somehow, but it is. And that in and of itself is a kind of a miracle. And that's the glue that holds this universe together, and I believe will continue to do so for all time. This is like an argument.
2: This is like Alistair Crowley and Charles Henry Allen Bennett fighting to me. (laughs) Which one am I? (laughs) (laughs) Here's somehow both of them.
1: (laughs) And he ran to them (laughs) naked. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Yeah, well, there you have it.
2: Okay, so how much time are we looking at, Doug? And don't forget, there was that little period where we'll edit out. from.
0: I don't think you should edit out. (laughs) That's the humor of of the wrong way wizard of mark leclerc <laughs> so <laughs> we leave tried to in. call you back and we got your answering machine
1: <laughs> i agree leave it in leave it in leave it in everything all of the time as they say leave it leave that stuff in there It was only about a minute and a half or so a frantic minute and a half for me <laughs> trying to figure out how to get
2: no i see the i see the ascension to the moon being the focus that's where flight 23 is heading is to the moon this all of yes, this is yes. like well DNA in, in Kabbalah,
1: tri- just for, you know, for all you Kabbalah heads out there, moon is the moon is called foundation, and the only uh, the final point from Peter to Melchus is only one point beneath the moon, and I believe that point called uh, Melchuth is the center of the moon. That's what I think. They're driving for the, the great black hole to see if they can get on the outside of the moon and see what's what. Oh.
0: Uh, okay, so here's something then. We can
2: go a direction. Um, so, do you think We're, that nothing past the moon exists?
1: Well, no, nothing but the moon exists. <laughs> <laughs> the moon is the crucified Christ.
0: Well, this is the nature of reality. I love that. I love Life. That. Is well, death.
1: you know, the, it's the crucified Christ at its at its truly green center. But at its white exterior, it is the image of the truth of the true and one perfect thing in its full moon. And uh, as it waxes and wanes, it creates the cycles of our interior reality, like the shutters of a movie camera as as light shines through them. This is the secret of 2001, that reality is a kind of a movie,
0: And so the thing, there's these moments of transcendence an individual can get in reality. Oh, so the
2: moon is the shutter, like you're seeing it from a projection. The moon phases are the shutter. Yeah, it's the... But, wow, but
1: anyway, yeah. So no, I'm here.
0: just wondering. So like, one means of having a transcendent experience, you know, you said you had a gnosis is a, a, like in theogens and so yes. you can kind of touch or get near the singularity. And I think this is why it produces, you know, or uh, sexual intercourse or some, you know, transcendent experience. The moon so is now, the yes, prism.
1: Sexual magic, yeah.
0: And the moon so, the moon is the prism that
1: that separates the spectrum.
0: It's That's right. like that can become a trap to say
2: it's Oz. Well,
1: but it, no, it, it's not that it can become a trap is that it is a trap. It is a chamber in which reality is held because for reality to be cohesive it must be entombed it must be chambered there must be an exterior limit otherwise everything would instantaneously as I described earlier uh, spin off into space, and the, this conversation would not be taking place, nor would it be taking place in the future, which will be quite delightful. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, Nor would it have <laughs> taken place, nor would it have taken place in the past, and yet it has. There's no question that it has taken place in the past in a different form to my my way of thinking. Right. Uh, and
2: uh,
3: will
1: it be you know, slightly uh,
2: different next time, though? I mean, will we? Well, we, yes, of course it will, because can we slip ourselves will be a little? Different. K- So slip ourselves little clues to realize. I mean, that's the slip yourself
0: a clue right now because it is exactly forty-two minutes right now, and so that's it, Mark. Thank you so much. This is a wonderful piece. The Sync Book Two is available on Amazon. We're going to continue talking to guests about this for a while, and uh, thanks. Next week, it's I don't know. Well,
1: thank you guys. (laughs) I had a great chat.
0: We look forward to talking to you again, Mark. Thank you so much. All
3: right. Peace out, both.
0: Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, so, Bye. no, the moon is
3: Oz.